Upstream with Jim and John, father and son conversations about discipleship and culture in the Pacific Northwest. I'm John. And I'm Jim. And today we're going to talk about why trying harder just isn't enough and Mm -hmm. how to try smarter to make changes in your life. Specifically, yeah, for for changes that you want to make in your own own life. Yes, and, and a framework to understand that and how to be smarter and more efficient and effective with life change. We're going to solve all your problems. You are going to thank us, <laughs> send us uh, love notes, maybe some candies, thank you yeah. cards. Wicker baskets full of goodies. <laughs> no pressure. Today but, is your day. Yeah. <laughs> Before that, it is Joker story time, and it's uh, your turn this week. Yeah, so I thought I would tell about the seven days of extreme profanity that I had in my <laughs> in my childhood. <laughs> I don't know if I know this one. No, you don't. So... Um, when I was 12, I started playing ice hockey Mm -hmm. and, you know, had never skated before. So I was terrible. My brother also started, he was 15. And so my dad hired, first he hired a figure skater coach. Who got better? You or your brother? Oh, I did. Really? Hands down. I was the better hockey player. What's the root of that? Just natural talent or? I think so. (laughs) You would. (laughs) Anyway. You got a coach. He would agree that I was a better hockey player. I'm sure he would. I don't know if he'd chalk it up to natural talent or not. Well, he might not agree because he can't stand to be not better than me at anything. If if you both got out there on the on ice right oh, now, I would I would kill him. <laughs> you would both be on the ground. Yeah, we would. <laughs> uh, we would both need oxygen after about two and a half seconds. Yeah. Anyway, um, I was 12. He was 15. We got a figure skating coach. We started getting better at skating. Then after our first year of hockey, my dad sent us to Canada to a 12-day hockey school. We Dang. stayed at the University of Guelph. In, Long trip. In Guelph, Ontario. I had never been away from home like that. Uh, my mom said my dad was a basket case the whole time we were gone because he just he, he was anxious about us being gone. But anyway. Really? <clears throat> all these kids from all over the place, you know, show up at this college. And you stay in the dorms. And you have three skating sessions a day. Mm-hmm. And you have a lot of fun too. You, you, we played. I learned how to play in lacrosse. Um, we had outdoor movie nights. This um, is it in the summertime. Yeah. And so, uh, one thing that hockey players do a lot is curse. I imagine twelve-year-old athletes of all varieties. <laughs> That's probably pretty consistent. I had never been exposed to this level of profanity in my life, and my dad was. Prolific. I was going to say, I'd imagine it wasn't the one lot of restraint at home in, right. that, in that arena. There wasn't, um, but man, I had I got immersed into, I I just, and so I started doing it, mm-hmm. and I'm just cussing like crazy. Well, <laughs> I didn't see my brother for seven days. Um, we were there for twelve because he's with the fifteen year olds. Because he's with the fifteen year olds, and so um, on this one particular night, seven days later. The whole school goes to a junior hockey game mm. where these Canadian junior teams are playing. And uh, that's the first time I'd seen him since we got there. And the Canadians are, are good, right? They're- oh, my goodness. Yeah. The hockey was amazing. And I will say that I left Dallas for those 12 days as the second line forward, right wing, on the B team, the home team. Okay. So not even starting on the B team. Right. And when I got home, I moved to the first line of the travel team. Nice. This 12 days absolutely 
revolutionized my hockey career. Dang. Anyway, <clears throat> I go to this junior hockey game and I see my brother and mm-hmm. I'm like, Hey, you effing published. <laughs> and I am just, <laughs> I am just profanity laced. I'm not letting three words come out of my mouth without a cuss word. Uh-huh. And his eyes get really big and he pulls me aside by the hair. And he says, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, what are you effing talking about? <laughs> and uh, he's like, you're an idiot. You look stupid. Quit yeah. doing this. You know, this. And uh, I did come to my senses, and that was my six or seven days of, of prolific profanity. That's hilarious. <laughs> I thought it was going to end with you getting reprimanded about something and having to stop, but it just was. No, it's just my brother saying, dude, you look totally stupid. Don't do this. That's funny. When I was young. In like middle school, people were cussing and I never wanted to. And then I was like, maybe when I'm 15, I remember thinking that and I was like, yeah. when I'm 15, I'll start swearing. And yeah. then 15 came and went. I was like, eh, mm, nah. I'll keep waiting. A uh, lot of, a lot of cussing at Northwest incidentally. Really? Yeah. Wouldn't, uh, wouldn't have guessed, but uh, yeah, you wouldn't have. Yeah. I think it's just anytime you get a bunch of, a young, bunch of repressed, young controlled young people who now have the opportunity to be whatever they want to be. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of what happened to me at 12. <laughs> early bloomer yeah. yeah 13 i guess i was 13 i was 13 he was 16 That's gotcha what it was. yeah gotcha okay well you want to kick us off for uh for systems yeah so <clears throat> i my shorthand for this is systems just because it's uh, i'll kick us off yeah go ahead yeah. please it was yeah. your idea so uh another a mini story of my own when i was in college i thought you know i i'm i've been a terrible student my whole life my whole life, never once been good at turning in homework. Yes, and so, so this this comes to time management and things like that. Yeah, and focus and yeah, whatever. And uh, maybe you're just so smart that you're easily distracted. Yeah, that's probably what it. Is. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it's that, but uh, it really more than anything, it's just like I would just hit this wall where I could not make myself. I would sit in front of my homework. And I would, with nothing around me, no distractions around me, you and mom would, would, would say, you're sitting there until it's done. And I'd sit there for hours and just think, <laughs> look around, <laughs> hours. It was impossible to bore you. Yeah. So I was, when I got to, uh, where I started going to college, started with like SPS and stuff. I was like, I know what I'll do. Cause I have, I finally have like papers that I have to write. There's a lot, there's money writing on this now. Yeah. I will uh, turn on the TV or turn on a YouTube video or something to trick myself into the homework environment to get mm. myself at the desk okay. with something. And then before you know it, I'll be doing homework. And I had very bingo, mi- bango, boom, boom. Yeah, Next exactly. thing you know, I got a paper written. Yeah. And it didn't work very well. No, I can imagine. Uh, but I kept, I just kept doing it. I was like, well, it gets me there. Because <laughs> especially when I got to Northwest, everyone's always doing something. So uh, I keep this for, you know, up until two weeks ago, three weeks ago. No way. Yeah. And where where now let me make sure I understand what you're saying. So uh-huh. you're saying that when it's time to get to work, mm-hmm. you turn on YouTube videos and think that work is going to emerge out of that environment. And not you know nothing like uh, like we're exploring a, a coffee factory today. Nothing like direct <laughs> like that. It has to be it has to be long running, not very focused, intensive. It's like basically the equivalent of music. Like your like your video game guys who just talk about yeah, like a stream or or yeah. Uh, yeah something very long. One that actually works really well because it's so. Uh, unvisually interesting is people building little figurines mm-hmm. and they just talk. It's like four guys in a room building figurines for like eight hours. They do this on video. Uh huh. Yeah. What kind of figurines? 
uh, I don't think you recognize them. They're like little Japanese robots, basically. Unbelievable. But, yeah. Anyway. Uh, There's so much of the world I know nothing about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to look around and smell the roses. <laughs> so point being, this was not working. And uh, and I got stuff done. <laughs> to no uh, one's surprise but you. Well, yeah. Mm, I, well, so I thought funny. it was just like a mental problem. I was like, maybe I have like some ADD that I don't know about. And uh, and I got stuff done. I My job before where I am now was all writing. It was all article writing. And I never missed a deadline. So it wasn't, you know, when, when the... When you never the, beat one either. I never... No, that's true. But, I, you know, things got done in, in the worst possible way. The quality was okay. The quality was good. But imagine the quality if I had actually paced my time out. So anyway, it comes to uh, uh, this couple weeks ago. I was like, I'm not going to turn on any of that. I'm going to have only audio stimulus hmm. while I work. I.e. music or... Music or podcasts. I had a job at, at Northwest. I worked in the library, and I would listen to podcasts because the work was so tedious. Where I was like, "There's no way I can get distracted from this work." I mean, this it's work assembly is, line work, basically. Yeah. yeah, and so and that worked really well. But then when I, I was writing, doing creative stuff on the phone a lot, there was just no way podcasts were never going to work. And I cannot write while I listen to a podcast. That's that's insane. You'd have to be Rain Man or something. So uh, if you do, no offense to anyone who listens to podcasts while you write, it's just I, I have the utmost Rain respect. Man, Rain Man, if you're listening, we meant no offense yeah. by that. <laughs> Um, so then I didn't even think about it with this new job, which is less creative effort than my last one. And so, uh, I just had music going, had podcasts going and I'm a machine. I'm turning really? out stuff all the time. Just crazy. And like, like some of the most productive weeks of my life. And so I had this realization, bring me, bring us to the topic of this episode. I should have saved all this for story time. Now I just wasted a good, a good, good chunk of story. But well, it helps tee up the episode because this is how we got here. This is how we got here. So my idea beforehand was I keep hitting this wall. And if I could just focus and muscle my way through this brick wall, that's whatever it is, is stopping me from working and being productive, then I could succeed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and But the wall felt impossible because yes. you, you hadn't well, realized what the problem was. Because, yeah. So then what what changed was I didn't get any more willpower. I didn't get any more focus. Um, no one was holding the gun to my head, but the system changed and a system that was previously designed, which I didn't know this, which is funny, but it was, it was designed <laughs> to distract me yeah. and make it harder for me. I changed the system. And so now I'm in a system that's designed <laughs> for productivity and it's easy. So I didn't have to actually, the work is gone of me just bashing my head against his wall. Really? Like the, that, the, that's the, that's interesting to me. What do you, I mean, the work of making myself work, the work of trying to get through that system, yeah, is now oh. is now a non-factor. Yeah, you have the load of work, but you added the load of getting through the distractions. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Through some weird logic I had given myself. <laughs> so brings me to now. I'm thinking, what other systems can you change in your life to make it so it's like like with eating healthier, working out, you feel like I have to summon the strength from my very core being. To make myself do this. Right. And it's, well, what if you could design your life around this better? So you, instead of fighting a system to get there, you create a system to coast there. Mm-hmm. You just you just slide to coast into it. there. Yeah. You're not climbing the hill anymore. You're just. This sounds like one of those down. commercials I hear on the radio. You're like, uh, you lose 50 pounds without changing a single thing in your life. No, that's the difference. <laughs> what, redesigning maybe your entire life. Ah. This is another analogy I thought of. If you have to make, um, a carpenter has to make six little plywood slats of wood the same 
size. He has to cut these pieces down the same size. Right. Instead of measuring every single one, he could create a jig first, another piece of wood that's about the same size that he needs, fit the wood into there, run it across a blade, and it's done. And that's the purpose of the jig. So by making a lateral move, he's not he hasn't started cu- cutting with the wood yet, but by making another piece of wood, he makes the job he has to do exp- exponentially faster. By taking some time mm-hmm. indirectly, he gets a faster direct result. Exactly. So by changing, instead of having to do this work over and over again, you create a system by which the work is not work. It is just natural. Mm-hmm. And then... I mean, that's basically where we are. What do you think? So, well, I think the thing that comes to my mind is painting a house or something. You build scaffolding. You put wheels on it. Mm-hmm. It takes you maybe the first four hours of the day to build the scaffolding. But then you roll that scaffolding around the house, and it's bing, bang, bing, bang. You're bing, not bang. moving a ladder every five feet. You're not moving a ladder feet. every five feet. You can paint for, you know, eight or ten feet before you have to get down and roll the thing away. Mm-hmm. And so this work before the work makes the work easier. Yeah. And you end up netting uh, a shorter workload. Yeah. Uh, and you're thinking maybe this is cracking the code on other parts of my life. Well, maybe the mm-hmm. philosophy. So, so again, the specific system is just kind of, it's an example, but, uh, but, but yeah, the scaffolding or the jig or the, the system for a goal you have, instead of saying again, the weight loss metaphor or, uh, or even any, any real behavior change, instead of saying, man, I can't quit doing this. It really it's the same truth of the saying, your life is perfectly designed to give you the results you're getting. Well, it's I that wrote saying, that down. I was going to say oh, that. You stole my thunder. Well, excuse me. But it is one of my favorite sayings, and it's absolutely true if you think about that, mm-hmm. that my life is perfectly designed. And let's let's use – we need to give some examples to get your arms around this. Yeah. So uh, strife in your home. Let's say mm-hmm. a husband and wife continue to do battle with each other, and they're not making any progress. Yeah. Their marriage is perfectly designed to give them the results they're currently getting. They're going to have to change something or else they're going to keep getting those same results. Mm-hmm. You have to change the design. Same with a uh, parent-child relationship. Same with the work environment. Uh, same if you keep hitting a wall in some arena of your life. Um, and it's interesting. I w- I've only thought about this. It's interesting that you, you went to problems to solve. I was thinking about goals. Like, oh. I want to read more books in this year. I want to quit sitting in front of the screen so much. How do I read more books? Okay, so give me a system. A systems answer to that. The systems answer to that would be uh, changing either the layout of your room or the something about when you wake up, when you go to bed, when you do what you do, or your access to certain technology to make you do that. So patterns. Patterns. I do not turn on the TV from 5 to 7 or 5 to 8, or I only turn it on from 8 to 9 or something like that. Some kind of rule and it's hard to make yourself enforce systems right you know so i can't really say what inspired me to make the change now as opposed to earlier or what do you have a tv rule i have no tv rule but this that's a true to life example i want to i want to um read more books read more books yeah the kindle i tell you has helped a lot that's a very cool machine and that's a systems approach to reading Mm -hmm. because you have all these books in one spot it's kind of fun to hold in your hand yeah it's very intuitive. Um, very intuitive. Design. It looks like a white piece of paper. Yeah. Uh, so it's a pleasant reading experience. So you made the experience more pleasurable. And that was my original attempt with mm-hmm. this whole distraction thing in the first place. But uh, so, yeah, maybe it could be a layout thing. You make a, a nook for reading mm-hmm. where it's not even facing a screen. So your spouse could still watch something. You could plug in music and sit in this nook uh, that relies on, you know, the real estate of your home or whatever. So maybe that's a little trickier. 
Well, that, that, yeah, I want to put a writer's shed in our backyard so that mm-hmm. I have a space devoted to the kind of things I want to get done because I'm having a hard time getting them done. Yeah. So <clears throat> there, that is a, that is a systems approach to this. Yeah. Is what you're saying, right? Yeah. So that's, that's goals based. You, but you brought up problems based and I hadn't even thought about that. So what would be, give me an example of changing a system to solve a problem. Um, so and it doesn't have to be one of those family ones you, you mentioned, but if it, yeah, if it was, well, um, it could be I'm eating too much food and, um, I, and you know, I'm, I'm taking in too much sugar. So mm-hmm. you could, you, you have to stop having sugar in the house. I mean, I guess that's, I'm, I'm kind of struggling here for, no, that I think that's great. You, you could even go further to, to shopping. Uh, I do not buy, I don't shop hungry. I don't shop well, hungry. Man, yet. that's a, that's a rule. Um, if you shop hungry, you're going to spend more money and buy a bunch of bad foods. Yeah. That's a, and that's an easy, easy change. So I'm thinking that that doesn't really feel like systems to me. No, I don't know. That feels like um, just wisdom. That feels like a, a a hack. Maybe a hack is a system. I guess the only way it's a, a system hack. is that it's a, it's that it's intentional. I do not do this as a practice, mm-hmm. or uh, because it's part of a routine specifically. I guess that's why I went to goals rather than problems because it's part of my day to day routine. So I want to spend more time in the Word. I need to wake up earlier. How do I design a system where I'm up earlier than I normally am? Gotcha. So I have more time between waking and working. <clears throat> so I want to keep trying to keep up with the the concept here. So what you're saying is I create a world that increases the likelihood that what I want to do, I will do. Yeah. And it's hard for me, again, thinking of examples, it's tricky because I only have the one. Mm-hmm. But it worked so well. It was just so simple. This there was a study I read a while ago and that it really is this exact, exact thing. And it's about willpower in the brain. And I think I've mentioned this on here before, but uh, willpower is um, trainable in your brain. You can work it out and get better at it, Hmm. but it is always a pretty finite resource. And so the most successful people um, who have really, really healthy habits, really productive habits. uh, None of that is that they're superheroes. None of that is that they have more willpower than you. Because That's, because everybody has the same range of same, yeah same moderate range and obviously for some people it is they have they are better at it than a lot of people but none of them it's to the extent where they can just surround their life with with distractions and sweets and 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 fluff and not get lazy and and right and heavy so uh, they have all just designed their lives to get the results they're getting so that they don't need the willpower. So that you don't, if you're trying not to eat the chocolate cake and you're surrounded by chocolate cake, you're going to eat the chocolate cake. Mm-hmm. Every human in the world would, if that's what they were trying not to do. Right. And it was everywhere. So it's, it's getting that out of your life. So reading the books might be, for example, I buy an audible subscription and I listen to books on all of my commuting time. I never listen to the radio. I never listen to music. I only listen to books in the car. Hmm. Um, not that that's the only time I read books, but in the car, books are playing. Yeah. <clears throat> that would be a systems approach in your mind to yeah. reading more books. Yeah. And that wouldn't cause, cause my specific one is twofold, less screens, more books. So that wouldn't solve necessarily the screens one, but it would increase your actual intake of books. Mm-hmm. So that's a big one. And that would be easy for me if I didn't like music so much. I'm fascinated by the willpower conversation. So you're saying, um, two guys have the same amount of willpower, but one of them, because he takes the effort to align the things around him, his environments and his intentional systems, is going to get way further along than another guy with the same amount of willpower. Mm-hmm. 
because he's just working harder because he's got too many landmines that he keeps in front of himself. Exactly. Too many obstacles. Exactly. And no human on earth can just muscle their way through uh, through distractions, through unwanted um, desires. Yeah. So this is about uh, <clears throat> this is about working smarter rather than harder. Exactly. Well, I think of I, you know I, I keep going to problem solving because in um, in uh, counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, families and relationships have systems and they're not intentionally designed, but they are nevertheless there. Sure. So for example, how our family handles conflict, there is a systemic answer to that. Which family member is so volatile that everybody makes great effort not to disrupt that person because the price is too high. Totally. And so you learn these systems of adjusting to this person's threat of a temper tantrum and so the family learns systems of relating to each other, uh, supposedly to make their life better. Yeah. But instead, it actually um, it actually guarantees that the relationships will not become healthy and powerful. And we uh, spend a lot of energy to avoid the thing that, if you took it head on, would require far less energy. That is interesting, and that's kind and of it would the, solve your. You wouldn't have to do it again, right? Instead of having to just continuously do uh, like patching the holes in the boat with duct yeah, tape. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder if one of the reasons why, because it seemed like if this was like, oh, it's that easy. And it's like, well, the answer is it's not always that easy. Because especially with other people yeah. going into the problems arena, uh, systems aren't as easy with with um, with people. They're, mm-hmm. you know, they're not static elements like all these inanimate objects that you can or can't uh, maneuver in your home. Yeah, and I think when I think of weight loss, because that's my biggest challenge, yeah. is to consistently eat healthy. Mm-hmm. And for me, I keep, I keep, um, it's like uh, making the jig. I need to do some significant research to find foods that are not bad for me that I actually enjoy. Mm-hmm. So, and like a big barrier is, is kind of is an actual is access, yeah, or, or an understanding. Of yeah, the, yeah, I don't, I don't have access to food that I enjoy that's good for me. Because I don't buy it because I don't know what it is. Yeah. So I only have things around me. But I, one example of getting that right is clementines, these little oranges. I love them. I eat a bag a week. Mm-hmm. And it is really good for me to have that. And it satisfies a sugar urge. So now sure. I'm eating less sugar because it's I a eat. nice. It replaces a dessert. Yes. Yeah. So that is that is one way to do that. And it, but it takes time. I find um, managing managing a workload. Um, if you sit and learn a new app, mm-hmm. you could make your life way easier. But it's going to take sure. you four hours to sit down and learn that app. So, like a productivity app. Well, who's or... got time to sit down and learn that app? <laughs> I don't have time for that because i got all this work to do poorly right. that I'm spending all this energy on but because could... I don't have the app. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like a paradox. It is. It was reminding uh, uh, you – well, that would that would date when we're recording this – in uh, the story of Jesus and the tax collector, and I'm, I'm forgetting his name, but he's in the Zacchaeus. tree. Zacchaeus. And uh, he says, you know, Jesus says, I'm meeting at your house tonight. And he says, I'm giving half my stuff away to the poor, and I'm repaying everyone back who I've who have wronged twofold. Yep. And uh, and Jesus is like, you're the man. Let's go. And I was thinking, like, that's a big change. Because originally, I think, you know, our conversation about, um, about money yeah. and my kind of revelation about stuff kind of tied in here and i was thinking well, what if i could just get rid of a lot of this stuff mm-hmm. and i was thinking well i wonder if zacchaeus talked to his wife about this before he said mm-hmm. you know 
I'm gonna I'm giving away half of our stuff. I have other people to worry about. I have my wife. If I got rid of our you right. know, all of our entertainment or whatever, it would be there's a lot of there's more going I'm on. I'm throwing my TV in the trash. Exactly. She says, What? Exactly. And she's not the reason we have the TV. I'm I'm probably more the culprit there. But imagine that then you have kids and then you have uh, more time constraints than I have on my life. These systems get more and more complicated. Yes. And I have the aha, John, right now, that life actually has systems that cannot be violated. Mm-hmm. And so if you're spending your life trying to violate a system, um, you're going to be banging your head against a wall, and you can't figure out why you're banging your head against a wall. So, for example, you might say, I hate gravity. I'm a, <laughs> but, but gravity is a fact. You can't defy it. You can work hard to go to go against it. Yeah, I'm only going to crawl around on my belly because I don't. I don't. I'm, I'm against gravity. <laughs> but that made me think of things like tithing. Okay, money. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I give the first ten percent, as do you. Give first ten percent. Return it to God. We, in our understanding, it it isn't ours. It belongs to God. Mm-hmm. So I don't give the tithe. I return the tithe to God. Um. But what happens is that puts me in alignment with the way God wired the world. Sure. That um, God has created the world that tithing is a law. Mm-hmm. And what happens when you comply with that law is you get all the benefits of the law. And when you go against the law, you suffer all the consequences of trying to defeat a law that is a law. So in the, the way the Bible would explain that is that when you align yourself with tithing, your shoes don't wear out. Your your wash and dryer lasts longer. You know your car doesn't break down as often. You don't have uh, thirty two different ways to lose all your money. Sure, but when you defy that law, you start having your washer and dryer go out. You start having you know it's my favorite joke. Bill and Joe are standing in the lobby at the church. Where's John today? Oh, he's at the hospital having his tithe taken out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there are other you know the law of the farm. You you mm-hmm. can't beat the law of the farm and what is that i don't you will reap what you sow oh you cannot sow corn and grow wheat Mm -hmm. and so you you cannot grow you cannot sow lies deception dishonesty and grow a powerful healthy relationship yeah you can't keep secrets and have intimacy so uh, one thing is to recognize the systems that the universe has already given us. And these ones that you cannot change. You can't change them. And so you're actually adding stress and burden and frustration by trying to defeat them. When, in fact, if you cooperated with them, which is leads back to this ultimate system, in my mind, that we were made to be slaves of God. Mm-hmm. And so the most freeing life you could possibly have is to be God's slave. Mm-hmm. But... I want to do it my way. I don't want to, you know, I know God's telling me I should do that, but I don't want to do that. And I'm going to rebel against that. I'm going to do it my way. And you're just adding, you're making your life harder. Yeah. I have uh, uh, more questions, uh, specifically, you know, more, more kind of case study type okay. questions. Uh, before that, let's do our quick show and tell and then commercial break. Sounds great. We'll and show and tell is up for you today. That's me. Okay. So I have a uh, red... I won't even explain it. Just a red knit beanie. Uh, it is. Uh, I have a large head. You you have a Shrek head. You have the largest head of anyone I know. It's uh, and mo- it looks good on you. It's proportionate to your body. It's not like it's disproportionate. I'm glad you say that because sometimes, like in our T minus sevens, I'll see us standing next to each other, and my head is like much bigger <laughs> than yours. <laughs> it looks silly. 
but it's a it's a hand knit beanie for my aunt Pam, who voiced our uh, our commercial you're about to hear. Uh, very grateful. She made one for uh, I think the whole family one Christmas years ago, like four or five years ago, uh, and uh, uh, everyone got their own personalized one. Mm-hmm. Mine is is large, and beanies normally will fit because they're you know they're flexible anyway, yeah, but. Yeah. Uh, this one, I, for whatever reason, like a lot. I love the color. Red's been my favorite it color. It looks good on you. It's a good color. That's good. It's been my favorite color for basically my whole life, and I don't think she even knew that, so lucky coincidence. Um, and i not normally comfortable with things on my head because it's so unfamiliar to me because mm. I just never, never That's worn true. That. That's true. Uh, similar to like how sunglasses. I've never had a pair of sunglasses until a couple years ago that are, that are prescription. Um, but it is... Uh, I don't know. I carried around a lot, especially in the wintertime. I just got my hair cut really short. My head was freezing all the time. Mm. So I wear it when my hair is short and when my hair is long and not cooperating, I shove it in there. So <laughs> it's it's like a utility beanie. It's pretty you know, nice. speaking of systems, okay, this is uh, this is the jig thing because uh-huh. your head is so big, we've never been able to just buy a ball cap. You can't go to any store that is just a regular store and buy a ball cap that fits your head. Mm-hmm. And so we were in Gettysburg. We were uh, exploring Gettysburg and going to this leadership conference stuff. And I wanted you to have a hat. Mm-hmm. There was a Gettysburg hat that you really liked. It was awesome. Yeah. And we found the biggest one they had, and we bought it. And it was a. It was a. Was it a Velcro or a snap? Uh, it is Velcro. A Velcro yeah. on the back, and you have to barely overlap those tabs <laughs> to get that thing to fit on your head. Yeah. And um, if we had ever taken the time, which I finally did as a gift to you. Um, for an occasion i went to a hat store and i investigated this problem with the hat store manager Mm -hmm. and it turns out there are ways to find hats almost any hat you would like that will fit your head but it required an investigation and some time that i'd never invested in it before and so now the whole world of hats is open to you, John. Yeah. If, well, and that's the thing. If it was worth it to me. So it's the, not. So. The gift is great. I yeah. love the gift. But if it would have to be worth it to me to go make that right. investigation right. and find the hat. It's a lot like, very briefly, uh, uh, financial decisions, budgeting. Yeah. You create the budgeting system or you inherit it from Dave Ramsey or whatever. Yeah. And then you use that system as opposed to saying, well, where's my money always going? Well, right. you can fig- you can spend a Saturday, you can figure that out. Yeah. and set up your your Because months. there is an answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's uh, listen to our commercial break and we'll be right back. Upstream is supported by the faithful members of the Upstream team, listeners who give monthly through Patreon. This podcast is just one part of the Jim and John ministry. They also write weekly blogs, have published their first book, and are currently at work on more. Their desire is to produce transformational content as well as offer encouragement and coaching to others. The dream is to see a movement of people who are integrating the work of Jesus into their daily lives and who are joining Him on His mission to redeem and restore all things. Check out their website at jimandjohn.com where you can learn more about the father-son duo and gain access to all they have to offer. If you would like to join the Upstream team, Consider partnering with Jim and John on patreon.com slash Jim and John. A link is also available on the homepage of their website. And remember, there's no H in John. Now let's join Jim and John for the home stretch of today's conversation. All right. Welcome back. And uh, thank you, as always, for listening. We really uh, appreciate it. Very grateful. Uh, yeah. So uh, my big aha coming into this was that there was uh, that this thing, this productivity problem I had, uh, I 
that I hated about myself. That was just true about myself for forever. And you would have said about yourself, I can't concentrate. Right. I, I, it I was can't. Like, I can't focus and get something done. Bad enough to where I wondered if I needed like a literal Adderall prescription. Yeah. And uh, and it was an easy fix. So uh, my question is, on a specific level, can you think of other things uh, that you feel, people feel, not you specifically, people feel helpless to? I feel bound to this behavior, this mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. And obviously we believe in, in uh, spiritual interference with these things. Yes. In prayer and the power of healing. But on just a systems level. Yeah. Can you think of, of things with specific systems changes? Yeah, I have a couple of ideas, and you can um, tell me if this is helpful. Mm-hmm. So uh, eating, mm-hmm. okay? I've had one conversation with a nutritionist, and it was an aha moment, very similar to this, where you tweaked a thing. And since that time, which was three years ago, I have not gained weight for three years. Wow. I have stayed in the same five to seven pound range um, for three years. Now, the bad news is I haven't lost a lot of weight, but, sure. um, but I stopped getting bigger and dropped to a certain level and then stayed there. And then, gotcha. Yeah. So I'm lighter than I was at the time I got this advice. So uh, the idea is that um, you eat when you're hungry, but we eat when we're not hungry. Right. And you uh, keep eating when your hunger is gone. So we eat to be full. Hmm. So she told yeah, me being not hungry is not enough. Full is yes, the, full is the, is the goal. Yeah, and so uh, so what you want to do is create a world where you never experience full, and you never experience hunger. Weird, because if you experience hunger, you will overeat or eat eat badly, and if you experience full, you're miserable and you have overeaten. So your goal is when you start to sense hunger coming on, eat something. Then, of course, you learn some things about the kind of things you can eat that you both enjoy and that will not make you feel sick. Mm-hmm. Since this time, sugar has actually made me feel miserable. I mm. I used to be a Dairy Queen Blizzard, you know, man, I wanted one every day. Yeah. Every time you I got eat, one every day. I did. <laughs> but now, if I eat a Blizzard, I, I kick myself for it because I feel miserable. Really? Yes. And um, so it's a very rare part of my life. But this idea, don't wait till you're hungry to eat. Don't ever let yourself get to where you're famished Mm -hmm. and never feel full. When you get to the place where, hey, I'm not hungry anymore. I'm not, you know, I'm I feel contented. And the problem is uh, food digestion processes at a pace that by the time your brain knows you're full you've kept eating right and now all of a sudden you're miserable yeah so understanding that so just this simple thing of never be hungry never be full that little rule of thumb has saved me lots of uh digestive frustration i bet so that's one i think well and so systems wise how would you is there a way you could like make it so that's easier for yourself yeah, because I know knowing that intellectually is not always the same as as living that out. Yeah, so uh, you have to have some things around because that means you're going to eat more often. Mm. Some more so, snack foods, kind yes. of things. So raspberries, I fell in love with raspberries. Uh, these clementines, short little sweet carrots. Yeah, um, almonds are great. Um, but having some things around so that when you start to feel a little hunger, you pop a little bit of that. Your hunger's gone. You're not full. 
you get, and, then, and you keep on. So then by the time you get to mealtime, you're, you're not going to devour. You're not going to eat you. this massive meal because you're not that hungry anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And your metabolism continues to process. The maybe, other thing maybe is. Maybe eating slower, too, in the, in the mealtime. You could yeah. design something around that to make yourself eat slower. Intermittent fasting. This is what I did during the 21-day fast. Mm-hmm. I would not eat or drink a thing after 6 p.m., and I would not eat or drink a thing until 9 a.m. Mm. So that means I'm only eating for uh, whatever that is, um, 9 to 6, so 9 hours. So for 15 hours a day, I'm not intaking anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm asleep for about 7 of those. And you're ever hungry right when you wake up? I am. Really? Yeah. That never, was the, the hardest part was that. Well, the hardest part was snack, not snacking before you go to bed. because that, That's tough for That's me. hard. Yeah. But that one simple system, I don't eat after six and I don't eat before nine. It's just a thing. And all of a sudden, man, I felt physically better. I'm sleeping better. You know, that hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. So that's a systems approach where you can help yourself because what you're doing is you're sabotaging your own desires. Yeah. You brought in that YouTube video while you sit there thinking this will get me to be in the room at least. Yeah. Um, but what it did was sabotage your ability to do what you're in the room for. Mm-hmm. So I think of uh, I think of money. You know, money is one. Oh yeah. Where if you don't have systems, you know, you're you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. And so what our typical answer here's our typical system to money. Uh, I'll make more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get a side hustle. You uh-huh. know, almost always when money's tight, our answer is go make more. Um, but it's a way better system to manage it better. Mm-hmm. But management takes time. You know, um, my friend Jeff, he's 15 minutes a night, every night. He's, he's in their money system and he's entering everything they spent that day. When you look at it all the time, you're aware of it. You thinking about it like a spreadsheet mm-hmm. or yeah, yeah, just entering in their in their bookkeeping system. And um, so to have these systems, they actually help you pay attention to money, uh, feel good about that your money, you know, you know what you have. Lots of people, I ask them how much money they make. They don't even know the answer to that question. Mm. How much money do you make? Uh, You know, I don't really know. Interesting. Uh, How much money do you have in the bank right now? Mm, I I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, So those are built-in traps that make us poor with money. And if I just had a few systems, I would suddenly be very intelligent about my money. I'd be aware of where my money is going, and I could then make more conscious decisions about how to partner with that for the goals I really have. And what's uh, at minimal sacrifice, by the way. Well, that and that's what I was going to say. What's interesting here is that um, this practice of thinking about this and implementing this uh, in the willpower conversation, I said, you know, no one's better or worse off at this automatically, but there is a type of person who really is really thrives off of this kind of thing, making the systems, relying on the systems. Mm -hmm. And there's the kind of person who this is actual torture. Yeah. So there is a difference there and how easy this might be for you. But the, um, the idea of the jig, the effort it takes versus the productivity it creates is kind of undeniable. So, um, it's not sympathetic necessarily, but the, the advice to grit and bear it just, to make the system just to, and, and, and twofold these, this information, especially for budgeting and, and, um, uh, health is all over the internet for free. Yeah. So like just find, uh, a reliable template for mm-hmm. a budget. Mm-hmm. So again, spend a few hours to make it just once. And then maybe a few hours every month to, to, to check your finances. Right. 
and the system will carry you through it. And then the the sleep you get from not worrying about money all the time oh. without the the ignorance of how much is in your bank account. Yeah, the absence make. of stress is a big big deal. Whenever you buy something, you have to wonder, you know, is this is this a dumb purchase or not? Because you'll know, you'll know where your money is. Yeah, and what it's meant for. I just had another aha about uh, ways that systems have made this have changed my life. Mm-hmm. I was a terrible procrastinator. I have this saying, you know, if you wait to the last minute. It, it only, only takes, takes a minute. minute. You told me that. And uh, That's well, really bad it, it's terrible. <laughs> and there have been times where I have waited the last minute. All of a sudden, there's an emergency, and mm. the last minute got took from me. Then I go tell the professor, I didn't get that paper written because somebody got really sick. I had to take him to the hospital. Right. And he's like, well, why were you waiting until that day to do the paper? Yeah. And um, so I, a couple of problems I had. I couldn't remember. After a certain set of things to remember, my, my rememberer was full. <laughs> and I couldn't remember more things. Sure. So I would drop balls. Uh, also, I would try to manage my workload, but I would end up not having enough time. And I realized one of the things I would do is I would not say no to people. So mm. if somebody says, hey, I'm running to Tacoma to go to the Apple store, you want to go. And if I didn't have any appointments, I would go, yeah, I'll go. <laughs> but I got four important things I should have been working on right, right. now. But they just weren't in your schedule. Exactly. Like, yeah. So what I did was I started um, taking the project and putting at the due date and then breaking it into pieces that I would schedule backwards so that now I don't have to worry about this. Because if all I do is do what my calendar tells me to do today. No balls get dropped. No balls get dropped. And by the time that paper's due, it will be written as a paper as an example. So. Uh, what I did, and I don't remember who taught me this, somebody did, mm-hmm. but I actually put blocks of appointments in my calendar to work on something, yeah. and not just to not just the phrase "work on that paper," but maybe I have to research Outline a certain subject for that or, paper. Yeah, yeah. So research this topic and take you know a page of notes. And so then, if somebody said, "Hey, I'm going to the Apple Store. You want to go?" I'd say, "Man, I'm sorry, I have an appointment." And I don't have to tell them what the appointment is. The appointment's with me. I have an appointment with myself to do this thing. Mm-hmm. But it gave me permission to say no. And if you nothing's on the calendar, you can say yes without wondering, am I supposed to be doing something right now? Exactly. I can, mind. I don't I, I'm like, ooh, I don't and it and it's like a budget. I might have it there and you want to go to the Apple store and I go, you know what? I'm gonna move that to so here. Some free time you have later. Yeah. Yeah. And I can still go to the Apple store. But I'm doing it on purpose and intentionally, and I'm not worried about, man, am I going to get that project done? Yeah. Man, absolute game changer in my life. That's huge. And that was, again, another thing where you just set up the calendar block system. And the system serves me like crazy. I don't have to stress. There's a whole line of thinking, this thing called getting things done, GTD. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's there's self-management, time management, project management, Uh, resources that are called GTD resources. This guy wrote a book called getting things done and it's all about getting things off your mind. So you're not trying to remember, Oh no, I'm afraid because anxiety comes from, I've got more to handle than I actually have the time to handle for sure. But if you have it all scheduled, you now know I can handle everything I got because it's all planned. Yeah. And so uh, there's these elaborate systems, most of which I don't take the time or want to take the time to learn. But habits like this one was a game changer for me so uh you can you can learn some simple hacks and systems that save you from yourself and save you from really drift yeah and did you have was those your your two um, yeah yeah 
I had other thoughts, you know, uh, guys tell me they battle pornography. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and the money thing, you know, there's some simple money rules. Um, don't spend money you don't have. I will not yeah. add any new debt to my life. If you just say that, I'm, I'm not going to add any new debt. Yeah. The debt I have, I have, but I won't add new debt. Um, that just, that gives you the power to say no to a debt inducing decision. Yeah. Uh, with porn, you know, hey, when does that happen? Well, it turns out that happens at certain times of the day or night. It happens in certain spaces. It happens when I have a device in my hand. So you know what? I'm going to charge my device in another room. Yeah. I won't be on a device if I'm in a room by myself. If I'll, that computer like faces the wall, may turn it around, turn it around to face the room. Uh, you can do these little hacks that help you perform better. Yeah. Do you have any uh, uh, big takeaways? Um, that life is. Base, you know, the takeaway for me is that your life is perfectly designed mm. to give you those results. That's a good, so, that's, talk about bad sayings versus good sayings. That's a good one. It really is. And if I want different results, I need a new design. And it's, it, the beautiful thing for your story is you were beating yourself emotionally thinking something's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And all it took was a new system. And suddenly you realized the problem's not in me. The problem's around me. The problem was with the way I was trying to do this. Yeah. And that's that's that has to be just an emotional boost to know I'm okay. You know, there's nothing wrong with me. It was I mean Yeah, it was kinda it's like the like when you when I graduated college, I was like, that's gonna feel amazing. And then I got there and I was like, hmm, I have all this free time, huh? And it's <laughs> just like it's kind of weird like transcendent thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. What about you for a takeaway? Yeah, takeaway for me, uh, one, I hate this genre of literature, this self-help uh, yeah, productivity. Yeah. It's very greasy to me. It's very slimy. Mm. A bunch of, it's like guys in suits telling you how to get their hair slicked back, straight back. And they, and it's just. And they're selling you their seminar. And and I hate advice that's too easy and too nice. Like the, the how the Enneagram, if you love, the, nothing against the Enneagram, how it fits on that circle and it's a little like graph and it breaks into grids it's too nice i'm like there's no way that actually works maybe hmm. it does i haven't thought about it that much or looked into it but i distrust the 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 just do these things you know so i was hesitant with this but the because that moment was like you said it was or the problem was as entrenched as it was yeah um and i'm not you know i'm not even i'm a, a month out of this thing so but well, I, but it's, it's it's very reliable so far Big takeaway would be um, this kind of a, a greater idea of like mindfulness, I guess. So when I thought about this, I was like, well, what else could I implement systems changes? Then the follow-up question was, what else do I want to change? What other goals do I have? Mm. So this made me take inventory of basically everything about the way my time was spent that I didn't like. Yeah. And even that is a net gain. You know, speaking of this. Yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh-oh. I had a listener talked to me this week and um this listener was asking me how your uh project was going oh yeah and i said well, i was kind of hitting some walls there and uh, her encouragement was um tell him to keep going because uh this is going to be good and a lot of us are really on the edge of our seats we want to see this thing done and um and I think we started got on this conversation about sometimes perfectionism, you know, wanting this thing so perfect that it's hard to get started until you know for sure it's going to be perfect Yeah. when you produce it. And that is uh, that is a thing that I wonder if you might bring a systems approach to finishing this project 
so that it made it easier for you to actually do it. Sure. I don't know if there would be an, an application you could find there. That would I don't know if I could solve the problem on the spot, but no, yeah. I don't mean on the spot, but I mean just that that whole idea of um, when we hit walls, mm-hmm. it's quite possible that the problem is not us. The problem is um, the environment, uh, the patterns, the systems, and that there may be some answers, some hacks that make it actually possible. And a lot of the time for me, it's uh, intimidation. It's huge mm. for tasks like this, or it, I mean any. Anything that is assigned to me that I think I don't really know how to do that, I'm going to have to figure something out. Right. I always put that thing off until every <laughs> until until I can't anymore. <laughs> and so that was a big thing. It's well, this is going to take a lot of creative effort. I'm going to have to you know really really spin some gears. Yeah. And it's just it's harder to do than oh I'm going to you know I don't know what the do. I'm going to watch a YouTube video for no do the I'm talking other tasks other tasks <laughs> that don't require brain power or, or oh, okay. that you know very well things right. that you're you very can do comfortable you can with. do yeah, yeah. you can do in your and blindfolded yeah all right well John I've enjoyed this thanks for the conversation yeah I thought this was great hopefully uh, this is helpful to somebody else um, and I hope that it wasn't just a one off moment for me that I can actually take this um, idea and, and implement it elsewhere as well yeah 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 well hey thanks for listening we hope it's been helpful to you. We'd love listener feedback. Uh, Thanks for being supportive. Pass it on to a friend. We are really grateful. Yeah, thank you guys so much. We will see you next week for episode 93. Yeah. 